Chapter 1 It is a melancholy truth that even great men have their poor relations. Charles Dickens In the Regency, in an age when gambling had reached ridiculous heights and the aristocracy spent and wasted money as never before, there were many poor in London, miserable, half-starved, ragged creatures. But there were also the members of the invisible poor, the victims of genteel poverty, who, with many subterfuges and stratagems, hid their condition from the eyes of polite society. The poor relations of aristocrats who lived in London led a lonely and dreary existence, living on the charity of their noble relatives or on some meagre allowance from a family trust. Once a year they were taken out and dusted down and conveyed to some stately home where they made themselves as inconspicuous as possible, hoping to be ignored hoping that regular meals and fires would last as long as possible, but the day would always come when they were packed up and delivered back to London and a life of genteel cold and hunger. What kept them from helping each other, what kept them apart, was pride. A small section of this miserable horde would have joined its fellows in dying, lonely and forgotten, Had it not been for one momentous May day in Hyde Park, when old Lady Fortescue met Colonel Sandhurst. Lady Fortescue lived in a tall house in Bond Street. The house was nearly all she had left, and she stubbornly held on to it. She had just reached her seventieth year, a great age in the days of the Regency, when very few managed to achieve the biblical figure of threescore years and ten. She had just returned from a humiliating visit to her nephew, the Duke of Rochester. Two heavy silver candlesticks belonging to the Duke had been found in her trunk. In vain had she pleaded her innocence. In vain had she protested loudly and with many oaths that she did not know how they had come to be among her effects. She was asked to leave. The fact that she had actually stolen them did not ease her pain. It was the first time she had stooped to crime. The candlesticks had been standing on a table in a little used side room. She had been so sure that nobody would miss them. And so she had taken them, thinking gleefully of all the meals the silver sticks would bring her when she returned to London and sold them. But their disappearance had been noticed immediately. While everyone was accusing everyone else, for the great mansion was full of guests, the Duke had quietly dispatched a posse of servants to search the rooms. He had not made her humiliation public. He had simply taken her aside and told her the candlesticks had been found and that his carriage would be ready to convey her back to London in two hours' time. He had listened to her protestations of innocence for a time and then had cut them short by saying wearily, Theft is a bad enough crime. Do not make it worse by lying. And that was that. Lady Fortescue was a tall woman with white hair and snapping black eyes. Her skin was dead white and her mouth thin and always rouged a bright scarlet. Although her husband had been dead for twenty years, she had never put off her mourning weeds. She had two servants, Betty, who was fifty-nine, and John, who was sixty. She couldn't remember when she had last been able to pay them a wage, but they stayed with her, for there was nowhere else for them to go. Her humiliation had taken place in February, and since then she had hidden in her house, too ashamed to go out, frightened that the criminal she had become would be evident for all to see. But one beautiful May Day she became weary of the dark house and of herself and her shame, 
and decided to go and take the air in Hyde Park. When she got there, she sat down on a bench in the sun, a grim black figure, back Ramrod Street, one hand leaning on the ivory handle of her parasol.